The North Remembers Podcast. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the North Remembers Podcast, week two, week two here. So believe it or not, it is not Tuesday, it is Wednesday. I am John Schmidt, uh, along with uh, Rennie Lesperance. Rennie, why is it Wednesday instead of Tuesday? I got uh, stuck in a in a case over in Minneapolis yesterday. Ah, yep. Work calls, I guess. You got to be there, huh? It's, it's work calls and the celebration calls, too. <laughs> yep well i'll be doing some celebrating hopefully the next few days i'm up in tomahawk right now uh, at the hunting shack so i guess i'm in little rice technically all right <laughs> <laughs> so i guess uh, let's get right let's let's get right into it here uh look at the week in review that we just had uh you know there was really no real exciting matchups i mean it was uh Closest score was D-Ball versus Nature Boy Martinis, and uh, that was a 13-point game. Uh, everything else, we're looking at a 35.5-point differential in terms of scoring uh, with winners versus losers there. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. It is crazy, but, you know, one thing to note is is a big whipping by uh, Heidi on Chili Dog over there. So, again, he plays down to his opponent and suffers the consequences and drops him out of uh, sole possession of first place. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I mean, her team, they, they're scary. I was having a conversation with Paul earlier this week, uh, and he was telling me, he said, you know, once Barkley gets healthy and uh, and uh, her team can start rolling, I mean, they're they're good enough to beat anybody. Yeah, she's getting a lot of points out of Russell Wilson right now, and, and uh uh, great pickup of Terry uh, of McLaren for the Redskins. So um, she might have the ship righted, and if she gets on a, on a winning streak, she's going to be right there uh, chomping at the bit on uh, Paul. Uh, so, uh, you know, that Gardner Minshew uh, pickup, interesting pickup there for you, Johnny. What's the thought <laughs> yeah. process there? Well, that is a perfect transition for me because the next thing I have written down on my piece of paper in front of me right here, it's, well, the only reason that my game wasn't closer was because I bought into the Gardner Minshew hype and I benched Carson Wentz. That was a 20-point swing just with that, uh, and I lost by 13 points. Yes, um, let alone stash. Huh? <laughs> yeah, 
And you know, I no, uh, I, I don't want to throw punches here because, but you know, Dan and I both had terrible weeks. So I, I think he'd agree with me when he saw what his team put up. I, I thought I still had a chance uh, with, <laughs> when that second quarter of that Packer game started. I thought, well, maybe, maybe this is one of those games where Rodgers doesn't do anything either. So, but that wasn't the case, you know. I mean, you look at Minshew though. We're looking at points per week, 21, 17, 21, 20, 24. And then I put him in a whole four points. So uh, there's not much good I can say about the situation other than I've learned my lesson. What have I always told people? Play your bell cow. Play that quarterback that you drafted first because there's a reason you drafted him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when you start getting into the quarterback, you got to do it. And certainly there are years when quarterbacks get hurt. You don't have any choice but to shuffle them around a little bit. And I'm in that point right now, but, um, you know, I picked up Josh Allen. So I'm hoping he can just be the plug-and-play type player uh, going forward. Yep. I don't have to move him around anymore because he has a pretty easy schedule going forward. So, you know, I've, I've played the same game with my running backs every week. And I just – you just have to sometimes just trust the draft process. And that's who you drafted. So you stick with them. And if it doesn't work out this year, next year's a new year. Exactly right. Exactly right. And uh, before I move on here, uh, I just want to look at this when we're talking about this week in review, even though we had 35.5 point differential average, you're looking at four people with 100 plus points this last week, too. So I think they deserve some credit coming in uh, at 106 points. You got Mr. Sacco just keeps on rolling there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then consistently, you know, on a, on a winning streak here. So uh, putting up those bigger numbers. Yep, and then you got 109 points from Hippie Chick. Well, once again, I'm talking about Heidi there, and those points could be even higher once the number one overall pick in our draft comes back. That's right. <laughs> then we got Elijah sitting there with 114 points. I tell you what, he uh, he could be a lot higher in our division if he played the right people uh, like his dad has been doing because he's been putting up a lot of points on a weekly basis. <laughs> and uh, it looks like Paul's taking all the uh, – well, he told me, and I'll get to this in a second, but he – he wanted to talk to you about something with that because he feels you guys have a lot in common with that. So, <laughs> what that my team's terrible and he whipped up no. on me? No, <laughs> no, I mean, you no, look I, at fantasy Wookiees and you know, look 26 points from his D. I mean, man, that is just a huge, huge boost there. And then he had a great shot yeah. at Deshaun Watson and Watson outperformed, um, you know, Mahomes. So, yep. great week for him and three and three, man, that's tough. He put up some good points, and to be three and three is a tough pill to swallow. But um, I think uh, you know WWF is wide open. A, a losing record might take that division. Yeah, I I, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. And before we get into the divisions, uh, we still have one more person on here with a high point total from the week, and that is Hodor's Hodor's. Nick is coming back from the dead. I think uh, I think he's uh, a little uh, upset with the way things have gone in the last couple of years for him. Just it seems like a lot of players don't produce or he does what I've been doing the last few weeks and just keep the wrong people on the bench. So good to see him come out with a big point total here. Maybe that means he's going to make a run for it and, and challenge for the division. Yeah, and I got to pull an old Johnny quote from years past. It seems like every time I play someone, they're getting the top points of the year. And again, that happened to me. <laughs> He gets 21 points out of Matt Frater. You know, it <laughs> yeah. happens that way. He had a good week. Very good week. Jackson, 30 points. Uh, Johnson, yep. 21 points. So, uh, good for him to see. Yeah. Yeah, good follow-up win after that, uh, you know, spousal beating last week. <laughs> 
and on that note, <laughs> we'll go to the standings here. And let's start with the WWF. Uh, as you just said, it's mediocrity at its best. Uh, top three teams tied at three and three. Warhawks only one game back at two and four. And tell you what, it'll be a battle down the stretch. It's probably going to come down to those division matchups in the last three weeks. Uh, so the movement can happen now, but those last three weeks are going to be uh, pretty interesting to watch. I think so. Those those interdivision battles, you know, um, you got to take them. So, you know, Warhawks at two and four uh, right there, you know, only a game back. So he's certainly not out of it. Someone will probably take the lead here, you think, at some point. Fantasy Wookiees looks to be in good shape the way things are going, you know, barring an injury. He has a pretty good team there. So we'll see if he uh, takes the bull by the horns. Yep, I think uh, I think he is sitting best right now just in terms of the way his team's been performing, and uh, we'll see what happens down the road here. So looking from WWF, we got the ECW, and, well, in my opinion, this is the best division by far right now, just putting up big numbers all over the place. You got three teams tied at the top at four and two with Hodor's Hodor's sitting at two and four coming off the high point total for last week. So, I mean, uh, that's, that's going to be, uh, you know, it's kind of like the NFC North. Uh, in the actual NFL right now. It really is. I mean, it's it's theoretically, it's possible that division could have three um, winning records and someone's going to lose out and not be in the playoffs, right? So I know all uh, about that. That wild card, <laughs> yeah. That wild card looks like it's coming out of ECW. And, uh, you know, Chili Dog's been able to hold his own within the division. That bodes well down the stretch if he can hold court that way. Uh, but he's really got... Uh, struggling uh in these divisional matchups so uh and then of course d-ball just hanging out down there just sneaky just sneaky so he's right there for it too and you know nick he gets on a run like like he's been like if he has some more weeks like this last week yep. he'll be yep. right there definitely uh it's it's the best division right now going but there is still one division left and that's wcw <laughs> the rattlers over there and we got tejano superstars running away with it right now however as we've noted 453 points against pulling a rennie less friends waiver wire sitting there with 67 more points but sits two games back yeah tough pill to swallow for mr french over there in waiver wires and uh he's had a lot of points put up against him too but yeah you know paul's sitting there with 453 points against that's you know what Sometimes you got to play great defense to win, right? Defense wins championships. Great job, Paul. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, but you, you know, it's you, you, you got to do with the, the hand you're dealt. You got to do with whatever you got. And Paul's been dealt a pretty good hand right now. And he's, his players are putting up enough points to win those games. I'm playing games where people aren't scoring much and I'm losing. So I have nothing I can say other than we'll see what happens if he starts playing against people that put up points. And we're going to get the the first look at that this week here. And I'll get into that in a few segments here. Um, But before we move on here, I have an interesting stat that I wanted to bring forth to you here. uh, And that's the top three teams from last year have the three lowest point totals to start the year this year. That's pretty crazy to think about. You got Warhawks. 466 points nature boy martinis 478 and hollywood hogan's at 452 so uh i don't know what to say other than man what a difference a year makes yeah you dug deep on that one that's an espn type stat there and uh (laughs) 
it just that's fantasy football and you know certain players just come out of, of nowhere and play better uh, ones that you think are steady eddies and will give you those consistent numbers just don't perform quite as well and you know the problem I've had is I just haven't had any monster gains from anybody uh, my running backs have been pretty consistent but not high right they're always getting me you know some some numbers and then it falls off with like my receivers or my quarterback gets hurt. So, you know, that just happens in fantasy football. That's what's fun about it. You know, it just drives you crazy um, yeah. when you know, your team's not performing and then you have the highs of, you know, last year when you're performing well, you, you don't want to put down your phone. You're looking at it all the time. It's just, that's, that's the fun part of fantasy football. It really is. It really is. And even, even when you're losing, you know, until you're officially out of it in our league, you never are because you can win money just by playing well the last few weeks too it's just it makes everything that much more exciting and i tell you what this year and everybody's you know there's nobody out of it right now even the people that are furthest behind there's a lot of game left a lot of things can happen it's not like the real nfl where there's no team that's like the dolphins where they have no shot exactly and i'm looking forward to playing the role of a spoiler and then try to make a couple bucks at the end of the year um you know so i'm certainly not gonna tank it by any means any player on my roster is available if anyone makes a trade but i'm still gonna try to win games because it's just fun winning week to week so i'm gonna keep battling you know i'm gonna keep making transactions hopefully not too many more i'd like to get some <laughs> uh consistency on my lineup but you know with bye weeks middle of bye weeks you got to make some transactions you got to kind of look down the road and see what's kind of coming up and you know i'm always looking to play defense on the waiver wire too you know if i'm playing someone and they got a a slot open with a bye i'm i'm taking it you know i'm gonna try to yeah try to win that game so <laughs> yep i had that decision to make last night i was sitting there wondering do i pick somebody up or not based on whom i'm who i'm playing this week and down the road and you know sometimes you, you make that move and sometimes you don't it's not about the money necessarily most of the time it's only a dollar but at the same time you don't want to just waste a dollar because you made a decision that was just stupid and you could have avoided it altogether. yeah yeah exactly so and speaking of trades uh that brings us to the team highlight of the week uh and talking about that interesting stat with the low point total so far this year we got to talk about the warhawks will Fultz, my man uh I tell you what, uh, it didn't start good for him this year, Rennie. Uh, Big Ben gets injured week one, huge loss, because that's a guy you think, you know, when he plays well, what have we seen the last few years? 40, 50-point outings from him. And after that, it's been a, a quarterback carousel uh, after Ben went down with Stafford and Brissett, and it seems that Warhawks just plays the wrong guy. each, And it's no fault of his own. The, the numbers tell you to play Stafford when he played Stafford. And Jacoby when he played Jacoby, but the points went the opposite way every time for him. Yeah, yeah, and Will, no no intent to throw a little shade on him last week. He, he got missed out on a on conversation on, on the first podcast. So we're bringing him in here. And, um, you know, like last week, he had Diggs out on the bench. And, man, does that just grind you when someone puts up big numbers like that. And, you know, it's it's – players like Amari Cooper who, who have put up some big numbers and now he's getting hurt like you know this happens you know I think really he get hurt on his first catch last week you know and yeah all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah you got zero points just guaranteed and you know those are just very very frustrating because it's like that question questionable tag you know is he gonna play or not and do you put him in and and so he's got that maybe on Bell you know he's got all the talent in the world but it's just, you know his team didn't have a quarterback 
So yeah. So now he's yeah. just you know he's doing the carries, but getting you know just can't get anything opened up. So um, you know got a good defense, steady you know kicker, but that quarterback hasn't been pinned down, and and he's got good receivers, but he just hasn't played the right ones at the right time, and it's it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it, it is. And you mentioned Amari Cooper. I mean, he goes from 33 points against the Packers to zero points. I mean, uh, and, and wide receivers shouldn't necessarily run your team as far as, you know, who you want to hang your, you know, hang the bell on for the game. But I tell you what, without those rocks at running back that Warhawks had last year, I mean, what a combination he had last year with Kamara and McCaffrey. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and that's you got to have the bell cows and you got to have the running backs. And that's why you know, waiver wire, I look every week for running backs. There's just no one out there because they're a premium and they get you the steady points and they get you. And then they add in a second touchdown, third touchdown, and you're just, you're, you're ahead of the game for the week. So, uh, you know, the, the running backs for him uh, just haven't performed. No, they haven't. And I tell you what, even worse than the running backs though, have been the tight ends. Uh, tight ends have been real problematic. He has 10 total points from his tight ends this year. Uh, he has four scores of zero, one two-point effort, and an eight-point outing. Uh, uh, Hawk, is it a, a Hackinson, I believe, yeah, from uh, from Detroit, has ten all 10 of his points. Ebron was zero points for him this year. And I tell you what, I found a diamond in the rough with Ebron last year. Uh, almost, you know, lucky more than anything because I just thought maybe I could throw him in as a backup and turned into one of the best tight ends and zero points this year. It's just insane to think about. And for Will, that's just not not what he needs because if you don't get the production from your running backs, you need those extra three or four points from the tight end, from the defense. And he hasn't been getting that. And his big five really are his key for the rest of the year here. I mean, you got Stafford, Bell, Philip Lindsay, Cooper, and Diggs, uh, along with that Bears defense. I mean, they can make up for the issues at tight end and just some of the inconsistency issues, uh, but they need to produce together, and they need to start soon before it's too late. You can't have one guy go off and then the rest of the team not. It needs to be a team effort, and best of luck moving forward, Will. It just, you know, make sure you don't pass me in the process. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, your guy, Ebron, he was on a tear at the end of the year. I couldn't believe it. Like, where did he come from? And he's yeah. just been very, very inconsistent for that team this year. And maybe it's the change of quarterback. And maybe it was just Andrew Luck, who really likes throwing to tight ends. And you draft Ebron. You know, I can't remember if the retirement came before that. But you don't think he's just going to go to zero points. And TJ Hawkinson's an excellent talent. But rookie tight ends are just traditionally very, very um, inconsistent. And I know last year I took a flyer on uh, I think Gasecki out of Miami, and he didn't do all anything all year, and he's on my bench. But you know, it, yeah. they just don't seem to produce like the vets. Nope, they don't. It, it's just like uh, I had what's his name, Austin Safari and Jenkins when he was a rookie a few years back, and it's just yeah, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to pinpoint it. But those tight ends usually aren't that successful as rookies. Only you know Jimmy Graham and some of those guys. We're the ones that are exceptions to the rule, but now look how terrible Jimmy Graham is. But that's a different conversation for a different day. <laughs> there is. And, and as we said, Will, uh, best of luck for you, man. And uh, we're going to be doing this every week. We're going to be highlighting a different team every week. I don't know if we're going to... Just because we're talking about ourselves so much anyway. Um, so we'll, we'll be having somebody new next week. It'll be a surprise. And, uh, and, and we'll go from there every week. But uh, for now, let's take a look, Renny, at the upcoming week. And my, my opinion, the best game by far coming up this week, it's father versus son. 
it's Vader versus Luke. It's Paul versus Elijah. <laughs> Both Should be a have, good uh, game, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see if Paul can continue with his defensive effort in yeah. minimizing his, his opponent to, to low low point totals. Definitely, and both team uh, or both teams do have a, a stealer on a bye this week too, and uh, they're both potential big point getters. I mean, Paul's got James Conner on a bye, uh, Elijah's got Juju sitting there on a bye. Uh, so I tell you what, Elijah needs this week. He's going to need a touchdown from Robert Woods in Los Angeles. Zero in the first six weeks. Only one game he's had over ten points. Uh, so he's going to need to step it up and tell you what that Rams offense. What a disappointment they've been this year. I mean, with Gurley having the health issues. Goff does not look like the same Goff, like he's worth that that contract he just signed. And then, as I just mentioned, Robert Woods. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you look at his team, and you're not seeing the McCaffrey's on there. Mahomes is solid, you know, but he's you know he's a little down last few weeks. Zeke, he's solid. But then a Damian Williams, Cortland Sutton, Will Fuller, that's what his projected lineup is right now. Those yep. are names that typically scare you in, in fantasy football, but he's getting the numbers out of them and producing. So kudos to him. And yep. uh, he's really riding those uh, KC running backs, which have been all over the place. Paul sure is. Uh, and he, I tell you what, uh, it's, it's really going to come down to that Kansas City game versus Denver. Uh, in Denver at mile high. I mean, how bad is Mahomes' ankle going up over a mile high there? We'll find out because, I mean, 17, 19, and 24 points his last three weeks. Uh, not exactly. I mean, those aren't terrible. I would have loved to have had those numbers considering what I've been going through. But, I mean, for what he expects from that player, uh, where he drafted him, where he did, uh, it's it's just not what he's been hoping for. And that injury, we'll find out how bad it really is because he will be a lot less mobile up there uh, in the thin air. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He's, and Mahomes has uh, Tyreek back, who was on a terror last year. So that, that's going to help him. So maybe that gets Paul over the hump. But uh, we'll see. We'll see the household battle. See who wins over there in Blaine. Battle of Blaine. Battle of Blaine. And is is, uh, is Paul going to play Damian Williams? Or is his new free agent off the waiver wire, LaShawn McCoy, my old boy, <laughs> is he going to play him this week? I'm curious to see it. Uh, and for Elijah, last point. Will that New England defense dominate again versus a Jets team that does have Sam Darnold back? Yeah, uh, you would think so. I mean, the NFC, AFC East is just absolutely horrible. So, you know, it's like a <laughs> gimme. I mean, it was a great pickup for that D. And uh, I think I had New England D like last year or two years ago, and they were just junk, but they've really turned it around. And they've been they've been excellent, excellent. Yes, and, and, and I tell you, when you when you mentioned that uh, that AFC East, I was just thinking to myself today about that, thinking how bad they are, but then I thought to myself, you know what? Buffalo has been a real quiet one-loss team where I didn't even think about them until I thought because I just think of them because they haven't really won in spectacular fashion and they played some bad teams, granted, right. granted too. Um, so, but, but we'll see, I guess. But, yeah, you're right about New England. I mean, that's uh, that's nice to have that defense playing those teams almost on a weekly basis. And uh, Yeah, but, you know, the, you know, the Bills, they get Miami twice. They get the Jets again, you know. So, yep. I think they get Washington yet. So, yep, they do. you know, they got a lot of easy games there. And, uh, you know, big reason why I picked up Allen. Hopefully, he can produce for me there. And they're getting yep. back uh, Devin Singletary. So, you know, he's yep. doing pretty good before injury. So, We'll see what happens there. Or, or if he starts taking away carries and touches away from Frank Gore. So, um, yeah, kind of an interesting development up in Buff. 
Definitely, definitely. And I and I tell you what, uh, speaking of Buffalo, uh, that brings me to the next game we're going to look at here. And that's the, uh, I think it's going to be a very high scoring matchup between Waiver Wire and Chili Dog Nelmark. Number three and number one point totals this season. You got McCaffrey on a bye for Nelmark, though. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's been his team the entire year and he's just so consistent always putting up good numbers and you know we'll kind of see what happens with McCaffrey going forward as well if Cam comes back I mean they got the little quarterback contribution down controversy and yeah um, we'll see if uh, when Cam comes back if he plays if he starts throwing the rock more to your guy Olsen you still got Olsen right Oh, I do. I do. Uh, that will be interesting to see. And I, I think regardless, McCaffrey, they know that he's the man now. I mean, he's the MVP of the league this year, in my opinion, right now, the way that he's playing. I mean, 23.5 fantasy points a week he's averaging for Nate. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, that, and, and then you got to look at who's going to be replacing him this week. And my eyes go right to Oakland running back Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think he's going to be the key if Nate decides to play him this week because they're on the road against Green Bay. Uh, and people can talk about the Packers defense a lot, but a lot of running backs have shred them this year for good fantasy days. Uh, and I tell you what, when you got Jacobs coming off 26 points against the vaunted Bears defense in London uh, before they come off their bye here now, uh, he had 26 carries, 123 yards, and two touchdowns against the Bears. So I tell you what, it'll be an interesting matchup uh, with him against that Packers D. Yeah, and the Packers D has given up running you know, running yards and touchdowns. So the strength yep. of their D has been the back end. And when they can get ahead in the lead and then they can get their pass rush out, you know, they got a good pass rush, but they've been got gouged on the run. So oh, yeah, he's, he's Definitely. setting up pretty good. You know, I don't have a lot of faith in Royce Freeman, but uh, you know, if Jacob's going to have a big game, he'll be all right. Yep, definitely. And a, and a big bonus uh, for Nate as well. I should say Nate and Beth. I'm sorry, Chili Dog now, Mark. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the Buffalo D is playing Miami this week. Uh, if there is any any medicine better for helping your defense out, it's playing that Miami Dolphins team. So uh, that'll be a big help for him. Yeah, definitely. You know, what other game you got? We got Nature Boy versus Mr. Sacco. Uh, Michelle's yeah. on a three-game three game winning streak. So that's the hottest one right now. And we'll see if you can stop the streets. We will see. We shall see. <laughs> and uh, the way things have been going, uh, I, I don't know. It's just I haven't been able to put up anything uh, recently. It's just uh, nobody's producing or the people that are producing are sitting there on my bench. Uh, I've had zero points from multiple players the last couple weeks. Uh, that does not help. With in people leaving the field injured right away, uh, I mean, it's grim. It reminds me of us sitting in the house watching the Badgers in Ohio State after the Hail Mary the second week in a row. That's how I've been feeling watching my team play. It's just been, you know, look yeah. at me like I'm Brett, Be- like I'm Brett Bielema to say something. <laughs> That's right. You know, and, and Jordan Howard, you know, if you play him, what's he going to do? Is he going to put up 28 or is he going to put up four? You know, and it's. That's yep. a little bit of, of that team in general. They're a little inconsistent on that. But you got the yep. right quarterback in. And, and uh, you know, Michelle has Marlon back, your guy. He was a big pickup for you last year. And, he sure was. Um, and she's got Tyreek Hill back. And he had a monster game last week. So her game's shaping up. I think Austin Hooper was a good pickup. He's been a, a really good tight end. And yep. if you can get points out of that tight end, that's going to help you for yep. sure. Because that's just a position where there's not a lot of strength across the board. 
definitely. And I tell you what, the, uh, the the main thing for me, having at least some optimism this week, is I don't have to play against that quarterback-receiver combo of of Godwin and Jameis Winston because, my God, they've been putting up some big numbers. Yeah, I mean, just swinging <laughs> it, you know? <laughs> He's been a good one. He was a good one. And, and I'm, I'm surprised at how consistent he's been. Um, I had him last year. And, you know, I think that's just the development of a player and probably a change of offensive philosophy to Bruce Arians, right? I mean, yeah. And uh, so and, and they just been they just throw the ball like crazy. So, um, you know, other games going on. We got, you know, uh, Becky and, and, and uh, Heidi going after it. So we'll kind of yeah. see what goes on there. Uh, looks like. Becky's got some buys, so yeah. uh, we'll see how she manages that. But otherwise, it's looking tough. It looks like Heidi's got her full full roster uh, going. Oh, yeah. So we'll and see if possible, she keeps, yeah. keeps rolling. Yeah, possible Saquon Barkley uh, sighting coming this week. We'll see if they're going to let him play with that high ankle sprain. But he looked like he was ready to play last week, uh, and they just didn't want to play him early. So with him in there, uh, sky's the limit for her. Yeah, and we'll see if my team can show up or if they just, you know, not even try against D-ball. So, you know, <laughs> it'll be a fun weekend. It always is. I always enjoy Sunday night seeing all those things develop. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, I guess that's it for uh, for this week looking at stuff. But, of course, we have our uh, nice little rant about to come up on Full of Schmidt. So uh, we'll head there now. And now we'd like to bring you a little segment we called Full of Schmidt. I dress myself in cashmere. I dress myself in hundred dollar clean of pride. Who made this coat? Hugo Boss, Armani, you set up broke hell. And I just start jack. You keep your mouth shut, I'm gonna go in and slap your face. edition of full of schmidt and uh, the thing that's on my mind right now uh, it's all over social media and that is the officiating in the nfl i mean you know it's started with that social media storm regarding the refs in the packers lions game uh gray flowers two hands i can i can be honest i'm a, i'm an objective uh viewer when it comes to football those were not penalties but you take you take the good ones you take the bad ones but those were pretty atrocious uh, he had never had one hands-in-the-face penalty before that game two nights ago. Uh, so that's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, I really have an issue with reviews, though, slowing the game down. And so people talk about they should be able to review this, this, and this. Uh, I don't agree with that because that, that new rules on pass interference have made things even more confusing as it is. 
they're taking forever on the reviews and then they're not overturning anything anyway i think it's one maybe two uh reviews have been overturned Renny, this year is that correct that's what i recall watching the game monday it's crazy and there's been some pretty clear and obvious penalties when you slow it down in slow motion for a review and they're not overturning it so what's the point here are they just trying to keep the reviews for an nfc championship game that's the only time they're really going to do it when the crowd is upset that ain't that ain't right so you got the rule use it or not don't use it so exactly exactly and i i I, however you know things that clearly can be seen like the ball crossing the plane of the goal line the spot of the ball catch versus not which is also confusing anyway but those are all okay with me they currently have them you know would i rather they could just go away of course maybe put a chip in the ball i don't know things like that but i don't know it's just it's it's crazy to me because they're slowing these games down so much i was sitting there the other night at the uh uh at, at, a, at a bar watching one of the games and it was like three o'clock and it was still like 10 minutes left in the third quarter and I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, why is this game still this far from, you know, being done? It was, there was a couple bad injuries, but at the same time, it was, there was three or four reviews that took five or 10 minutes. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I don't understand why they can't. I remember watching a little bit of the Steelers uh, Chargers game. That must've been Thursday night. Yeah. But there was a play where there was interference with the punt returner. And yep. the guy basically stuck his hand in and sort of swatted it away, you know, which is illegal. And the refs huddled together and got the call right. You know, it's almost as if they looked up at the big screen and they're like, oh, yeah, we probably should get this right. And because it was a turnover. But I don't understand why they can't just huddle together and all of a sudden they have someone in the ear going, yeah, you know, this looks like it was this way. And if it was really that close or that big of a call, then you slow it down and go to the monitor. But I don't understand why they can't just review every play and get in the ear of the of the ref and just say, hey, you know, throw the flag. It looked like a, a penalty there or something like you missed it. Or, you yep. know, it, you know why they can't have it it's just simpler. Why you have to shut everything down, run over, take 10 minutes to review it, run back. You know, it just bogs down the, the game. And particularly when you're getting one or two, like every drive or something like that, or, you know, a couple of drives, uh, yep. just nauseating. And the other thing it does too is it can really be, uh, detrimental to a team it, you know they, they yeah. might review a play and they're trying to run up and, and go fast because they don't want changes on the defensive line or whatever yep and all of a sudden they stop it to review it and it's not even that critical of a spot it's just like come on let's go you know so it, it's happened in the college game too yep it sure has and i i tell you my view is is anything should be reviewed in the last two minutes though of a game and that includes hands to the face pass interference roughing the passer because that's the time that, as we saw the other night, a game can be determined in more ways than one. Uh, and this is especially true of the postseason. I've watched the Packers lose because of no calls, like Jerry Rice fumbling led to that Terrell Owens touchdown in the wild card in Holmgren's last game. The face mask on Rodgers versus Arizona in that crazy 51-46 game when they took the ball out of his hands into the end zone and they had grabbed his face mask. You know, the bottom line is they need to keep up this, you know, the speed of the games and get the calls right. Um, but if they're not getting them right in those certain situations, like the Saints and Rams game last year, that's when you should just have somebody, just like the NHL does, have somebody in New York or wherever the league offices are and say, hey, that's your job. You're an objective witness. You're not a fan of either team here. Take a look at this and 
tell us if it's a penalty or not. And that's his job. And I don't know why the NFL doesn't do that. And one thing I don't want is what happened in that Packers-Vikings game. They call it in on an offensive pass interference. On, yeah. <laughs> no one even threw a flag. Like, no one was even complaining. And all of a sudden, so that, so they got to be a little cautious with this. That seemed a little activist, you know? So, yes. And and one other thing I've noticed is it seems they're trying to air, you know, I don't remember what game it was, a Rams game or something, where there was a botched fumble. Well, now they're airing on the side of calling it a fumble so it can be reviewed. But then they're reviewing it, and so much is is being determined on the call on the field. And they're just saying, nope, call on the field, we're not going to change it. When it's like, well, you know, when they air to the side of one or the other, when they do that, you can't just go on the call of the field. Right? Exactly. Because they're not calling the, the, they're not making the call as if they, they really should do it. They're making the call to say, no, we should just err on this side. So it's, it's just, I feel bad for the refs. They, you know, they have a tough, tough job and they get criticized heavily. So we'll see if that can get improved. Yeah, a lot of pressure on those guys. Uh, I mean, the amount of shit that was said on the, uh, about them, you know, their integrity too. Uh, you know, I don't know, and I, I know refs have taken money in certain sports before, but I mean, I think most people inherently aren't those kind of people, but you know, it, it, it makes you wonder watching some of these games sometime, but it's, you know, easier to go with the crazy conspiracies than to look at the facts too, so. Yeah, and all you gotta do is talk to Festus up there about reffing, and he, he'll tell you. He'll <laughs> and tell Steve. You. Yeah, and Steve, they'll tell you, they're just trying to call a fair game, and I've refed you in my youth, and you're not trying to get one side or the other, you're just trying to make the call as is, and, and sometimes people need to call down, but I just think the NF, and the, I, I think the NFL is botching it by not yeah. making the correct calls and and for the refs when there is an error. So Yep. Yeah, when you got when you got people uh on your broadcasts like Booger McFarland, like even Tony Dungy, uh I mean Barry Sanders for God's sakes, the quietest he's like the Dan Zaremba of the NFL, the quiet one, like coming out and saying stuff. Like it's it's not a good look. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Booger McFarland was on a tirade. Oh my God! <laughs> I was just like, man, I'm like, it's it's like he doesn't want us to win, but I know he doesn't care about that as much as he does. It's just that's how bad the officiating was. Yeah, but come on, Booger, use a real name for your broadcast name. I get that you're called Booger, but come on, <laughs> be a professional here. That drives me nuts. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Well, on that note, Rennie, uh, that's it for today. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, taking it a day longer. Uh, it would have been impossible last night, I think, for us to do that. So it, it worked out good. Uh, good doing it this way. I got nice and peace and quiet here at the hunting shack, looking at all the leaves changing colors right now. It's uh, pretty serene sitting here right now. It sure was. Great, great week number two. We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, all right, I'm John Schmidt. That was Rennie Lesperons. Uh, we'll see you next week on the North Remembers podcast where we will find out who will become the king of the North.